Struggling to stay up to date with social media? Do you want to get ahead online? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, the podcast for public sector professionals who want to elevate their digital communications. Here's your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. ChatGPT has gone mainstream, but some public sector marketing pros are reluctant to embrace it. I understand why, but it's not a good enough reason to ignore this new technology that is disrupting marketing. ChatGPT is like a wonder drug. It's addictive. It gives you an immediate high and you get immediate results. But like any drug, there must be downsides. In today's show, I share the highs and lows and give you a balanced perspective on this new AI tool that every marketer is talking about. And what about ethical concerns? Public sector really needs to put the public interest at the heart of any AI that they use and be very transparent with the public when using it. So I speak to an expert on how to approach ChatGPT in government and public sector. Are you curious or are you an early adopter? Stay tuned. So in today's column, I want to give you a balanced perspective on ChatGPT. I ran a LinkedIn poll this week and I asked my LinkedIn followers if they were active users of the tool, if they were testing and learning, if they were too afraid to use it, or if they just didn't trust it. And believe it or not, over 70% of the respondents, and I linked the actual poll result in the blog post associated with this podcast, said that they are actually using it every week in their marketing or they are currently testing and learning. And that's what I want to hear. With any new technology, there are ups and downs. So my balanced advice to you today is, number one, you definitely should be testing and learning ChatGPT. It will definitely help with systems and processes, reduce some of the time on some marketing tasks, and also maybe give you better results. The other side of that is that ChatGPT has been inputted with billions of data pieces, but not all of that data can be trusted because we don't really know the source. So if you are testing and learning the tool, my top tip to you is that put content into it that you already own, that has been fact-checked, and that also is truthful and is in the public interest. So a practical example would be to put a blog post, a press release, even put the copy from a YouTube video. One of my favorite ways to use ChatGPT right now is to feed it is to feed it with even scripts from this podcast and I ask it to write a script for TikTok that's about 60 seconds or a minute and a half. So repurposing existing content is a great way to use it. Another viewpoint on ChatGPT for public sector marketing is that when you are using it, it's really good to be transparent. And about a month ago, I was on Twitter, now known as X, and it was Father's Day, and I saw this tweet from the Environmental Protection Agency in Ireland, and the tweet went, Happy Father's Day to all the dads who are you know, protecting their children something along those lines. But the image used in the tweet was actually an AI-generated image. 
but the social media manager behind that account was explicit and she actually said that this was an AI image. So she wanted to test what the public reaction was to the image, would it increase engagement and reach, but she was transparent in doing it. So there's lots of uses around ChatGPT and we will get into it later on in the consulting segment and in the interview. But for now, my advice to you is that you absolutely should be learning and testing on a weekly basis with your marketing. Public sector pros, do you want to progress in your career? Are you going for promotion? Do you want to stay ahead of the digital media landscape? We can help you. View our training calendar at publicsectormarketingpros.com. So let's talk about some of the considerations around ethics when it comes to artificial intelligence and in particular chat GPT. Chat GPT can act like it understands us. So it mimics human behavior, it mimics that it understands us, it has that emotional intelligence, but in actual fact it does not. So to a large extent its accuracy is questionable. Another really important point is that it's only as good as the information that it has been trained on. So there's a marked difference between the original version of the tool versus the paid for version, which is ChatGPT4. There's more data inputted into the paid for version. You need to use it to see the inaccuracies for yourself. So how you might do it is you might ask it a question. So for example, what are the early signs of dementia? Right? It's a medical question. You shouldn't be asking AI that. But you might test it. Then you might go again and you might input official health information from your website written by a health expert and then input that into chat GPT. And from there, you can compare and you will see what is accurate and what is not. That's a great test. Also, staying on that line, ChatGPT can propagate disinformation. And this is why it's really, really important that you do not use it exclusively for content marketing. Some people will believe it's authenticity and obviously read it online and share it online. But as public sector leaders, you need to set the benchmark and the standard really, really high. It will shape public opinion and that might be misguided public opinion because it might not be wholly accurate. And what we might find is that it might be misused in workplaces. And this is where you need to be really careful that if you're driving your marketing teams, they're under-resourced, they're overworked, they might turn to ChatGPT to be their efficiency friend. Um, and so just be a little bit cognizant of that. So how do you manage it in the public sector workplace? Well, you need to have a policy around it. You need to be open. Um, you need to test it. You need to learn from it. And you need to use existing content that has been verified in your own organization and start there. And remember, it's a robot. It's an app. It's technology. It will never replace human emotion or human intelligence. So be prepared. Get an organizational policy on its use. Use the test and learn approach. Build up test use cases before rolling it out and share it right across your department or your agency. And then finally, operate with existing approved content only.
Johnny Byrne, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I think you may have been on my initial JSB Talks Digital podcast many years ago, but let's catch up and tell people what you're up to right now. Well, it's always great to catch up with you. We don't see each other half enough, but there you go. Um, yeah, so I suppose two of the main things that I do, I help people set up simple studios in their home or office so that they can really do themselves justice. So I kind of the tagline is I help them address the elephant in the room, which is essentially that a lot of people are turning up and they look like they're in a witness protection program. Um, you can barely see them or hear them. And um, so that's one thing. And then from there, then we continue to help people create, launch and sell online courses. So whether that be video courses, audio only courses, which is a new offering as well. So yeah, having lots of fun doing it. That's me. Johnny, you are like me, let's put us both in this category. We are early adopters of, of new technologies, especially in the whole area of content marketing, digital marketing, etc. And I asked you on today to talk about chat GPT. And we've been playing around with it and public sector are a little bit considered and conservative when it comes to where you but how are you using it first of all before i talk about how your clients are potentially using it well i like the way you say we're early adopters because i would think that i have shiny syndrome uh, shiny object syndrome and i just nerd out on all new tech um yeah so i've been given courses on it i've been using it since it came out back in november 30th of last year so yeah, I use it to, um, you know, fine tune some content, maybe re uh, review content, create content from scratch that then I that I tweak, um, whether that be, you know, marketing content, course content, um, idea generation, um, even proofreading a little bit, rewriting, um, teaching it how to write in my style teaching it how not to write in the artificial style that it writes in. So all that good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So happy to delve into uh, a little bit more detail on that, yeah. And, you know, like we're marketers, right? And the people who are listening to this podcast are marketers also. What is your view on the risk that ChatGPT and other similar tools like Google's Bard are going to replace us and make us completely redundant yeah i suppose you know in order to get the best use out of it the best responses out of it you have to really put in great prompts which is known as prompt engineering and um yeah i mean it's still no matter how good the prompt within reason and we can go through what makes up a good prompt um but it still comes back a little bit artificial i mean the the content is good um but i might necessarily necessarily say it exactly how chat gpt gives me back the response so whether that be because we're based in ireland slash europe even though i have clients in the us it tends to have a very us flavor there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't necessarily match with how we might describe things or say things in our marketing. So that would be something. So some of the prompts that I've started to use recently is tell it as much what not to include in addition to what to include. So for example, uh, create me a 500 word blog post about the following topic. 
in plain jargon-free English and do not include terms such as grind, hype, uh, and a bunch of others. And as I see responses coming back with words I wouldn't use, I update my that particular prompt to include these words and say, you know, don't include them. Um, so, you know, back in the day, we used to put in plus and minuses into Google um, to to search for this, but don't include results that include this. So it's not too dissimilar uh, to that. And you've been working on like a, a prompt masterpiece, right? Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, so I've put together the, the Profit Prompts Playbook, which is basically um, a sheet where you can basically change certain um, columns of the sheet. So let's say, for example, um, you want to go into website content, and I zoom in on it here. So basically, people that use the sheet just change what's in the gray column. So, for example, my business solves the problem of, let's say, IT support or copywriting or social media for, and then you put in who that's for. And then please create a specific uh, piece of copy for my website. Do you understand? But you can actually, in a drop-down menu, you can choose from great books like um, Content Strategy, um, The Challenge of the Sale by Brent um Anderson, the art of closing the sale by brian tracy so you can choose books from a drop down um and all all you do then is copy the prompt pop over to chat gpt and basically paste it in okay and can i just and can i just say that if if guys if you are listening to this podcast episode on your favorite podcast channel, you need to jump over to the Public Sector Marketing Show YouTube channel because Johnny is just doing a demo for us. And that prompts sheet, is it is it a free one or where can we navigate to, to have a look at it? Yeah, it, it's part of an online course that I've created called ChatGPT Mastery and students of that course get the spreadsheet. And when they see it in action, let's say, you know, as a teaser during a webinar or whatever, you know, they really go pretty nuts for it because it has like hundreds of pre-written prompts that are tweakable for public sector, private sector, business, marketing, course creation, mindset, um, anything like that really you can you can use it for. So, you know, it's got tons of uh, different things that you can use and definitions as well. And I use it on a daily basis if I'm creating something new um rather than creating uh prompts from from scratch and um, the other thing that i use then is which is quite useful is a plugin called canned replies it's a free plugin from chrome so for example um completely write this course lesson paste it in do you understand so it's a pretty long uh, if we go down to the bottom it's a pretty long prompt that's actually the prompt there um mm -hmm. And then it says, yes, I understand. You'd like a five-minute lesson script, yada, yada, yada. And then you put in uh, the lesson script that you've already written, and it's going to kind of flesh it out even further. Um, so, yeah, it's an example of a prompt that uh, is pre-written, is proven, and it includes instructions of what to do and what not to do. Yeah, and Anne Handley, who is, you know, 
one of the most noted content marketers in the world was speaking a content marketing world and she was obviously asked about AI and what she thinks, what impact it would have on the content marketing industry and how she uses it. And she said, you know, how I like to it is get a different perspective. She says, because I go into creating content with my own view and maybe my view is biased. And she goes, it just creates that other brain to get a different perspective, which then makes me to think in a different way. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but what do you think about that in terms of, you know, you mentioned ideation, but do, do you agree that it gives you a different perspective? Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. The thing, the fundamental thing is it, it does it say it the way you would say it, or do you just continue to use it um, and tweak it slightly rather than copy and paste? Some people copy and paste. We don't recommend it, but you can um, because it wasn't created by a human being. So, you know, but I, if you've built up a brand over the years or people know you for a particular type of style and then overnight um, everything sounds different, then, and, and then of course people are pretty aware that AI is out there. They're probably, they might start to question is Johnny Byrne actually writing this content or is he copying and pasting every day? Um, so I think it's important to maintain your own style. You can definitely learn a lot from it. Um, it, as I say, as you said, it gives different perspective, whether, you know, you agree with that perspective or not is the other question, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, handle with care, like all technology, but it's a very, very powerful tool that I think we can save a lot of time and money and effort um, from using for sure. Uh, just to say, uh, this is a funny quote from Anne Handley, and she said, every time somebody copies and pastes from ChatGPT, a unicorn dies. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, just advising us not to just do copy and paste. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I mean, course creation is something that I do every day. And what's useful is that it might throw up things, for example, that you forgot, um, like the curse of knowledge, for example, you've forgotten what it's like not to know something. Right. So, you know, it will actually remind you, hey, just because you know, doesn't mean everybody does. Um, so it's very useful for creating course content. It's very useful coming up with um, catchy headlines, subheadlines for courses, for blog posts, that kind of thing. Some of them, again, can be a little bit flashy or, um, you know, simply not usable. Um, but, you know, some of the ones you go, aha, there's a great one. I'm going to use that. And even though the domain name might be available as well. So it's good for coming up with um, if you ask it to come up with it, let's say a course title um, using alliteration and rhyme, you know, it, it come up for me, it came up with sound success, which is a great name for an audio only course. Um, I had thought of sound advice, but um, there's no alliteration in that. And as we know, alliterations are easier to remember. So very, very useful for that kind of thing as well. Um, of course, ChatGPT4 then has plugins, which means that you can get it to write prompts for um mid journey for example for creating graphics to go with your powerpoint uh, for your course as well microsoft copilot is out and um, so it's got chat gpt built into that which means that you'll eventually not be going into chat gpt you'll just be using it within microsoft word or excel so that is the next level of chat gpt and ai would it'll be an integral part of um of the tools that we have been using for most of our lives really 
Yeah, and ChatGPT four. That's a that's a paid version. So yeah, twenty dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth it. I mean, the integrations are even, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Copilot, um, but Microsoft will get rid of that. I mean, it depends. Uh, Copilot won't come with the plugins that come with ChatGPT four. So the plugins are definitely worth using for ChatGPT four. But Copilot, because Microsoft are so heavily invested in ChatGPT, Copilot, the prompts, if you like, will be uh, included. So, for example, rather than going into ChatGPT, asking it to do something and copying and pasting into Word, you just do it within Word um, or you do it within Excel um, or indeed PowerPoint and other Microsoft products as well. So that's going to be uh, huge. And then the app has got more powerful as well. Um, you can start to talk to it. It's going to start to do more with imagery, and um, photographs, videos, that kind of thing. But even now, I encourage people to actually chat to ChatGPT as opposed to type. So, for example, you would use um, star uh, or sorry, the Windows symbol and H, which would launch your dictation app, and then you actually speak to ChatGPT. So it's a lot more efficient, of course, because you don't have to type but you actually are more likely to talk to in a conversational manner than actually um, type something up. And then you're, you're going more likely to get a far better response because ultimately the better the prompt, the better the response. And that's what we have to um, remember. So a great prompt structure would be act as a, and then you put in social media marketing expert, uh, course creator, um, another one is include something like from the perspective of, um, so explain quantum engineering from the perspective of a 12 year old. Um, it's good to say please and be polite. Um, and also it's good to end your prompts with do you understand that really gets ChatGPT to put on the, the hat in which you wanted to speak. So again, whether that be copywriter, course creator, um, post whatever it might be right um yeah so those those couple of things in most prompts uh, are a good idea as well i mean we cannot efficiency in the time saving that chat gpt and similar tools is giving us is just unfathomable almost because it's you know it's almost giving us a marketing assistant in a bit of technology yeah, yeah. And it's very quickly becoming the norm. I mean, in some cases with a lot of new technology, we can be a little bit scared. I know somebody who got left off in Shopify three weeks ago because of ChatGPT and AI. So basically they were customer service and uh, telephone support. And now the person using Shopify uh, just types in the question and it's it's building up the intelligence. It's replying. It's including links. It's available 24-7. So Shopify is just one example of um, a company who's starting to use it more and therefore there are consequences for, for human beings. So um, so that, of course, is not nice for the people that's left off. I guess the opportunity is for people to perhaps reskill in AI um, and actually learn how to, to use prompt engineering, for example, as well. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, no more than us getting our first calculator back in the, well, I mean, not you, but back in the day, I remember getting a, a calculator. You uh, you would remember that, uh, Joanne. So, you know, I mean, again, from pencil and paper to calculator was a massive move. Um, so, but I now it's the norm, email. you know? 
Yeah. So, yeah, I remember getting email. That was yeah. that was revolutionary, and people yeah. were afraid of email. You know. Yeah. And then Google is twenty five years old now, and people were afraid of Google. So this is just evolution. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pretty significant evolution, but evolution nonetheless, and uh, it's exciting in ways. And um, yeah, and there you know, look lots and lots more stuff happening in in uh, like i use 11 labs to clone my voice um you know things like that as well i wouldn't necessarily use it to clone me and the parts of the voice that it clones and maybe a word or two in a podcast that i want changed that i just miss said i mean it still doesn't sound like me um if 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 it reads out a paragraph for example but it's improving all the time and people are using it to create avatars of themselves again i'm not sure if the human race is ready to watch a 30 minute video of let's say the two of us were just avatars i think there would be a strong disconnect with it being an avatar versus us so maybe eventually um i know meta are doing huge work in um actually humanizing the avatars so it's gone from human to human to avatar back to the avatar looking really human like um so yeah interesting times well, we have to point out this was a real conversation between two human beings. <laughs> um, there was no AI. And an elephant. And, an elephant. <laughs> and again, you have to go to YouTube to see the elephant in the room uh, walking across the screen. Uh, Johnny, great as always. Brilliant insights, but you're super at packing it out with valuable, practical uh, conversations. Where can people go? Because there's a lot of public sector pros around the world listening to this who are involved in course creation even internally you know staff staff training and who might want to get their hands on your your prompt sheet where where should we send them yeah if you go to johnnyburn.com it's b e i r n e but it's pronounced burn johnnyburn.com um yeah you'll get a access to links there there's a, a free uh, guide at the moment called presentation transformation which is all about improving how we turn up but once you connect with me there um anything that i'm doing around ai or anything that i think my subscribers should be aware of i just pop it out in an email um keeping people up to date with particularly on the course creation and content that converts um side of things as opposed to getting into the depths of using ai for financial data analysis um but yeah, so anybody that's in, into using it for copy, for marketing, for course creation, by all means, uh, jump on the list and we'll keep you up to date. As always, thanks a million. And hopefully it's not too long till I speak to you again, Johnny. Yeah, likewise, Joanne. Always a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 80 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. We are now five episodes into season five, and I want to thank you for being with me, but also I hope you share all about the podcast with the public sector pros that you know. And just a reminder, if you haven't yet got a copy of the Ultimate Guide to Digital Marketing and Social Media for Government and Public Sector, then maybe do. It will be a great investment. It's 20 years of my experience and my practice wrapped up in a book. So you can get your hands on the second edition of Public Sector Marketing Pro now on Amazon. 
also available in Kindle edition. Or if you prefer, like I do, to listen to a book, it's now available on Audible. And I will see you on the next show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a public sector pro you know. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. For more free resources, details of our upcoming training courses and consulting options, log on to publicsectormarketingpros.com.